did you even know that it's possible to work less and make more? We're going to explore that and so much more on today's episode of Seven Figure Sister. Welcome to the Seven Figure Sister podcast. If you're a coach or consultant who is ready to learn how to strategically leverage the power of smart, savvy, and proven strategies to market your business, elevate your brand, attract and close high ticket clients, then let me tell you, you are in absolutely the right place. I'm your host, Dr. Avis, award-winning author, media commentator, mentor to ambitious entrepreneurs, and multi-seven-figure CEO. I grew my business from zero to six figures in less than nine months and went on from there to hit the seven-figure mark by strategically leveraging the power of both offline and online media marketing strategies and mastering the art of high-ticket sales. And guess what? So can you. Welcome to the Sisterhood. So welcome to today's episode of Seven Figure Sister. I have an incredible guest that I want to share with you today. Uh, She is a singer. She is a dancer. She is a serial entrepreneur. And she also happens to be one of my super badass clients. Uh, Please welcome the incredible Kenya Moses. Welcome, Kenya. Thank you, Dr. Davis. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for chatting (laughs) with me. I am so excited to have you here today. And you're such a multifaceted powerhouse of a woman that we're going to talk with you today about several different things, <laughs> okay? But the first thing I want to talk about is that thing that I teased at the beginning. However, we're not going to start stop at talking about the fact that you have found a way to work less earn more to the tune of being one of my $100,000 month makers. Okay. But in addition to that, you know, you have a history of being a successful entrepreneur. You have built a business to such success that you've actually sold it. And I want to unpack that a little bit. Plus you have found time to also excel in other areas of your life. So I want to talk about kind of all of those things. How are you able to grow up this coaching practice actually uh, to a level where you are on the path of understanding what it looks like to be able to be a millionaire in the making specifically within the coaching industry, but also how are you able to do that and all the other things that you love to do and excel at exceptional levels? So we're going to talk about all that today. Does that sound good? Sounds great. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. So first of all, I want to say that when we first connected, you were already a successful coach. Like you were great at getting your clients' results. And before we sort of dig into what sort of results you were getting your clients from the very beginning, can you kind of introduce yourself and tell people, you know, who you are, what you do, and a little bit about your coaching practice? Yes, of course. So thank you for that amazing introduction. (laughs) Uh, Like Dr. Rivas stated, I... So I'm a coach, a life and business strategist, and I work with creatives, um, primarily female entrepreneurs and helping them find their purpose and getting that business off the ground and thriving. Mm -hmm. So that's what I do in my coaching practice. But I also do many other little things, not really little things, but (laughs) just be very modest (laughs) in my life and uh, professional vocalist, a formal professional dancer. And, you know, I... I've managed to find a way just to find balance in my life and to not allow my uh, 
you know, that little, that voice in the back of my head to tell me, no, you cannot do that because you're only allowed to do one thing. Mm. And, and so that's kind of what I've lived my life by, but not listening to that voice and really just looking at what I'm passionate at and going full force. And especially if you're good at it, then, you know, I'm like, go for it. So that's kind of how I've moved through, through life and in my work. I love that because, you know, first of all, let's just acknowledge the fact professional dancer, professional singer. I mean, can you act? I mean, I'm like, you're just one, we're just one step away <laughs> from the triple threat. Okay. Okay. But, <laughs> but that is an amazing, amazing accomplishment in and of itself. And as you mentioned, a lot of us, you know, when we were little, we have these big dreams about what we love to do and we may spend time doing those things. And then when we get older, especially if you are a creative or especially if you excel in the arts, uh, oftentimes you're told when you get older that, you know, the chance of success at that is so small. You need to start to focus on the real world and leave that alone. You're too old for that. You have responsibilities now. What made you say to those people, talk to the hand, okay? I am going to continue to pursue my craft and not am I only am I going to do that? I'm going to excel at it. What made you rebel against that sort of indoctrination that I think so many creatives and especially artists have to face? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Well, luckily, not luckily, um, I grew up where I spent a lot of time by myself. You know, one of those children that basically had to create my own path and, and find my own mentors and and music and dance is what really saved me and really helped me propel in my education. It, it allowed me so much more than I thought was possible for myself. And by the time I was, you know, 18 years old, there were all these different worlds, the dance world, the, the music world. I was like, I want to do it all. And it, it didn't seem like there was a reason why I should not do it. And, <laughs> and, you know, but at the same time, I was like, well, oh, I feel like you know, maybe a corporate job will be fun to try. And my first job was as a as an, a financial advisor at 19 years old. And wow, I, that's pretty damn impressive right there. I didn't know that about you. I feel like I've lived all of these lives, many, many lives. And so when I try to put things on a timeline, people are just like, how are you doing it all at the same time? But I just did it. And I think when you're younger, you know, you have that energy and that, um, you know, when you're in a place where there's nothing, you feel like there's nothing to lose. There's only one mm. place, one way to go and that's up. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how I've lived my life ever since. And so some things will go and, you know, there's an ebb and flow to things, you know, music. Mm -hmm. There was a period of time where I just focused on my dance. I danced in New York for many years and then I came back and I, you know, and then I sang and I was doing opera and I was, there were so many different things and things kind of melded together. And I just found a way for it to work for my life. And I basically just didn't allow anyone else to tell me, no, you can't do that because this is how it's done. And I'm like, well, no, this is my life. So this is how it's done. And this is how it's going to be. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's always just been, you know, what is it that brings you joy? What is, what is it that is going to allow you to serve in the world? Mm -hmm. And, you know, having that balance has really helped me tune in, right? So I can always look into myself and say, okay, what is what I'm doing right now bringing me joy? And if it's not, then something needs to change. Mm. And it doesn't matter what other people think. They're like, oh, you're a life coach. Oh, but you also, you know, have a marketing company and you also do this. And I'm like, yeah, and I do it all because I love it. And the moment that I don't love it anymore, then it's time to say goodbye. 
And, um, and like you briefly said in the beginning, I, in my early years, my early twenties, I had a concierge business. So you can see, how, <laughs> you think I'm like, <laughs> like, what is wrong with her? She did no. too many things. Um, and I had that for two years, two years, I had a concierge business and I started it because I was like, um, you know, I need something to do and I don't want to work in the corporate world anymore. And I wasn't sure I wanted to start something of my own. And I'm like, I love running errands and I love like just getting stuff done. And, and so I started this, it was called Premier Concierge. And I started here in the San Francisco Bay area where I live. And it was, uh, within two years, one of the largest concierge companies in the nation was like, Hey, wow. We want to buy you out. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and when you're young, you're just like, oh yeah, you know. I'm just like, okay, have this, give me this chunk of money in my pocket, and then you get you sold, you know. But it was like an opportunity for me to really understand that I can do this. I can be an entrepreneur. I can start a business, and I can thrive. And it's not always easy. Definitely mm -hmm. not always easy. And I think we know in this time period now in 2022 that you know. Sometimes we've got to tweak things like yeah. every day. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You do have to be nimble, on, light on your feet. Lucky you're a dancer. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and so and, and so on and so forth. That's just kind of how I've, I've lived my life and, and started and propelled my business career. And I, I really haven't stopped. I just keep in the forefront, you know, is what I'm doing, you know, am I serving the community? Am I joyous it is just something that brings me joy and and that's what keeps me going i love that okay i just want to pull out a couple of <laughs> super duper precious gems that was in what you just shared okay number one centering with joy i mean i, I first of all i think that living your life and intentionally curating your life around what brings you joy in this day and age is a revolutionary act most people are afraid to do that, right? Most people are afraid to do that. They don't allow them that space because they're afraid that if they pursue that thing that brings them joy, that they won't be able to sort of make ends meet. They won't be able to, you know, live up to their responsibilities and they keep putting it off for someday you know, when they get to this perfect moment, now I'll do the thing that brings me joy. But what is, what's beautiful about what you've been able to craft in your life is that even that example of the concierge business that you created when you were 20, that blew up to one of the biggest in the nation that you were able to exit very astutely via a sale. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, you chose that because running errands brought you joy. So I think what most people don't really get is that actually your fortune is on the other side of your joy, not the other way around. I mean, to me, that is the big profound thing that we all need to get. And you're a perfect example of that. Thank you. Yes, that's it's so very true that, you know, we are all, and we all come to a period some place in our life where we're like, okay, well, you know, if I have to do this thing in order to get that, or you feel like, oh, if I do this thing, then I'm going to lose this. And, you know, sometimes some things have to fall away in order for all of the goodness, the blessings to come to you. You know, I'm a big believer in that, you know, sometimes things just want to go, 
you know, and we're holding on to it for dear life because we think that's what we're supposed to be doing, that that's what we're, everybody else is doing that. That's how everybody else is doing their marketing. So why, it, it's not working for me if I just keep doing it and pushing it and pushing it, that it's going to work. But if it clearly isn't working for you and it isn't, doesn't feel right for you, sometimes you have to let that go. And then a new opportunity presents itself and you're like, oh, what was I waiting for? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> like to me, it's like new opportunities don't fall into cl clenched fists. You mm -hmm. have to open your hands in order to receive. And what happens are that people are so desperate to hold on to what they think they have. They're not making space for more. Yes, right? exactly. You know, I have, so I, like I was saying in my life coaching and business strategy work with clients, I help them find their purpose. And oftentimes they come to me with an idea of like, well, I've been doing this for 20 years. And so this is what I should be doing. And I'm like, well, is it working for you? How does it feel? Are you joyous about it? They're like, no. And I'm like, okay, so what is keeping you from just letting it go? You know, not, not necessarily like just walk away completely, but like, what is keeping you from finding what it is you truly find joy in? And it's, it's that it's so much easier to hold on to things that are fearful or things that are, um, kind of lower, lower energy, right? It's like, yeah. it's just because it's easier. It's easier, right. it's more tangible. You know, when joy is over there, it's like, oh, that seems it's so far away. It seems so daunting, you know? I, let me just take the, you know, this this, this really uh, long road to get there when it could be a leap. And, you know, so it's, it's, uh, it's just very much like allowing ourselves to let go of what no longer is serving us Yes. And just opening ourselves to receive all that is just like right there in front of us, waiting for us to just say, you know, I re I receive that, I want that, I'm taking it now. And so, oh my God, yeah, girl, you are you are preaching. Okay, you are preaching. <laughs> I have lived that and seriously because, you know, over the course of my entrepreneurial journey, I have uh, been a consultant. Then I did consulting and coaching, and. Prior to shifting only to coaching, I was still having my DEI practice up while I was also doing some coaching. And at the time, for most of that time, my consulting practice was the main revenue generator. And it, and, but it wasn't bringing me joy. Let's just be real, okay? It was not bringing me joy. Okay, I got tired of doing umpteenth diversity trainings within organizations that, in, in honesty, they really had no, I think authentic desire to create substantive change. And that was irking the life out of me. And at some point I had to kind of ask myself, <clears throat> you know, I knew I wanted to shift totally into coaching, but looking at the numbers, it may not have made sense. But at the end of the day, when you shift to that thing that you love, hey, the fortune is coming. I did not make my seven figure move Okay. Shift. Okay. Until after I let go the thing that at the time was bringing in the most revenue. Yeah. It was doing multi six figures. It was doing pretty good, but I had to let that go in order to make space for bigger. And that is the part that I think most people are afraid to sort of make that leap because they're so invested in bringing in this thing, this money, even if doing that is in essence, to quote Beyonce, breaking their soul. <laughs> you right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, let's talk about what you've done in your practice, because when we started working together, 
we can already tell from your aura that you're an incredible coach. So it's it's not that you weren't having clients. In fact, you were very successful and that you had a whole bunch of clients, right? But um, you were working with them one-on-one, which obviously fills up your time. And since you are a multi-talented individual, you know, you, you had other things that you needed to do. Plus you're a mom and all of this, right? And so you had all of this time. And you know, we really worked on you being able to, you know, to make that shift from the one-on-one coaching to a scalable offer that allows you to bring in groups of people to free up more time, but also to be able to continue to serve, but just at a leverage level, right? So in terms of making that shift from one-on-one to group, I know a lot of people are at that stage or they're considering it, but it's a little bit scary. You know, what has that shift meant to you in your life and in your coaching practice? Oh my goodness. (laughs) Well, it has definitely opened up more time for me to do all the other things, right? (laughs) I love it. You know, it's like, I love my clients and I love working one-on-one with them, but at the same time, it's a lot of energy. It's a lot Mm -hmm. of time. And, you know, changing over to the group coaching method, I still do some one-on-one, but the group coaching really allowed me to hone, I think, hone in my coaching skills because it allows me to just, I have a greater audience and it allows me to touch, you know, you have touch points with each individual person and not everyone realizes that we have these similarities. We have these, these common grounds that, so when I, one person has this issue, you know, 90% of the rest of the group has the same issue. So it allows me to tap into in a deeper way with my clients. And so they're so much more grateful for that. And I am grateful for their presence and, Mm -hmm. and what they give to, to my practice. So it really has just deepened my, my skill set, deepened the experience my clients receive from me. And, you know, like I said, it opens up that time, you know, I'm doing the art stuff, the music and, and then I have two boys who just started, one just started high school, another one's going to seventh grade and back just yesterday. Um, and so it's, you know, it just allows me more time to spend with them and to more self-care time. I actually went and had a body scrub on Monday and I was like, oh, it's on Monday and I'm in here at the spa getting the body scrub, you know? <laughs> I'm all about that body scrub life, girl. Yes. Listen. I believe that everybody needs a little body scrub on their schedule. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. But it's those things where I didn't have time to do that before. It just yeah. wasn't, it wasn't an option. It was something, okay, let me put this on my calendar six months from now. I'm going to take that half an hour to go and, and do this. But now it's like, I could just, you know, on the fly, be like, okay, I'm going to go and have a massage or, or whatever. So it just, it's, it's really just opened up my life to these wonderful luxuries that I didn't think was going to happen for me. Oh God, I'm so happy to hear that. And when you were in the midst of filling this program for the first time, because we designed that program in, in the mentorship and you were filling it and you kept seeing that number go up. I mean, what did it make you feel like when you hit that $100,000 mark within 30 days? I mean, did you, could you even believe it when that was happening? I was waiting for the ball to drop. You know, you're like, okay, every mass exodus. Everyone's like, I'm sorry. No, no, refund, refund, refund. No. <laughs> I was like, really? This is for me? And and then it happened. No refunds. No, you know, it was like people wanted 
to be there. And it was such a blessing to see like, okay, all this work that I've been doing that I've for all these years, it's like I was working too hard, right? I was working too hard and not smarter. So this was a smarter way of me working in my business, but I'm also able to reach more people. And I'm like, this makes so much sense. And it's not like it was new to me, but it was the first time I think with you to just recognize that it was a re could be a reality for yes. me, you know? And so I, I just started doing the work and it just, it was like, it just kept going. It just kept going. And, and yeah, I don't think I'll ever turn, turn back. <laughs> Why not? Because when you think about it, seriously, you know, the name of the show is seven figure sister. Okay. So mm -hmm. it's like, you only need only, okay. It's relative, but I acknowledge that, but you know, seven figures looks like $83,333 per month in recurring revenue. And you have proved to yourself that you can do more than that in a month. So that lets you know the level of activity that will get you there. If that's something that you want to obtain in terms of that seven figure goal, you do realize you can do it. You know how to do it. I mean, how empowering is that to you? Oh, so empowering. And I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm, I have two more months in my, this program. And so mm -hmm. I told myself I'm going to, you know, after this program, take a vacation and then, <laughs> and then, and then really think about how I can revamp that program so that I am bringing in residual income. And mm -hmm. so all of these, you know, right now it's live. So these recordings and everything yes. will go into a program that will be, so, you know, so I'm like, oh, I've got these wonderful revelations that this can really be so much more than it is. You know, Absolutely. so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the seven figures. So that day comes. Oh, my gosh. You will be the first one to know. <laughs> I know that's right, girl. Yes, we can make that happen. OK, now I want to pivot a little bit here because as extraordinary as that is, I want to also talk about some of the other parts of you, because this is counter to the cause common wisdom in terms of how you've chosen to weave your business into the rest of your life. I mean, we've probably all heard this thing about, oh, being multi-passionate and multi-passionate. And most people who are multi-passionate, nine times out of 10, who even embrace that term, end up suppressing nine-tenths of their passion because they can't... <laughs> figure out how to do it, you know, all. So they've been told, you know, I know you're multi-passionate, but wait on the rest of them. What's your secret sauce to being this professional singer, professional dancer, you know, six figure plus in a month coach, okay, that continues to make that happen. Mother of two, just complete multi-passionate badass. Like, how do you do it? Lots of breathing, <laughs> <laughs> meditation, uh, but seriously, I, my calendar is really important to me yeah. and, and carving out the time for myself is also a big part of that. Mm -hmm. So there are only three days out of the week that I actively am working. Um, there's administrative stuff, you know, in which I give to my assistant and, and, you know, delegate those things. But as far as actively working, there's only mm -hmm. three days out of the week that I actually will allow myself to do that in regards to my coaching practice. Mm -hmm. And the other days, um, I dedicate that to my, my music, my, you know, all the, all the other things that I love to do. And, and I, of course I like to be malleable with things because things change. Right. Mm -hmm. But I, I make sure that things are on my calendar that are on my schedule, but I do allow for some flexibility, but I always tell my clients, if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't exist. Right. <laughs> oh. 
I'm just like, I oh, did did we say we're gonna do something? But we did, there was no calendar exchange. Or, I, <laughs> sorry, you know, and yes. and, <laughs> and that that's for friends, that's for family. Everyone knows that you know. I want to appreciate your time and I want others to appreciate my time and me time is me time. And if it's on my calendar and I say, Oh, you know, I have an appointment for myself, then, then I have an appointment for myself. So mm -hmm. I want, if anyone, if there's anything to come away with as far as productivity goes, it's make sure that you are setting aside time for yourself and you are actually scheduling that in. Don't just say you're going to do it because it won't happen. Yeah. <laughs> Something oh else goodness. will creep his way in. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I didn't do anything for myself this week. And that is what's going to help you in your business. That's what's going to give you the energy to do what you need in your business. Mm -hmm. So remember that you are just as important in mind and body than all the workings of your business because mm -hmm. you are your business. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, it's really about just staying true to my calendar, making sure I am setting aside time for myself. And, you know, you may not be in a place where you can just work three days a week and maybe you have to work. For, that's fine. But whatever that looks like to you, make it work for you and make mm -hmm. it feel good. Remember coming back to joy, right? Where Where is that place where you're going to find joy? Remember, you're you're going to reach your goals, right? If you you think, oh, my gosh, I have to work five days. Okay, well, right now you're working five days. That's fine. But you know where you want to be yeah. and you will get there. But as long as there's joy in the work that you're doing and you still set aside that time for yourself, you will get there. Absolutely. And pivoting back to this issue of joy and your first business that you ended up really just going gangbusters on to the tune of being able to sell it. I cannot ignore that. I want to come back to that for a quick second because... You know, one of my, you know, pet peeves to, uh, you know, quote, uh, you know, one of my favorite shows, Family Guys, you know, what grinds my gears, what really grinds my gears is, okay, um, I see a lot of, I think, misunderstanding in the Black community around what it means to be able to sell a business. In fact, it really saddens me, in all seriousness, to see a lot of wildly successful uh, entrepreneurs who have exited their businesses via selling their business, in essence, get hate online because people consider that selling out. They, you know, it's a negative connotation. And what I really think is important that people understand is that's actually how it's supposed to go. Okay, who wants to work for the rest of your life? Okay, so honestly, I kind of like the idea of having a few years where I can be kicking back or deciding to pivot and do something completely different. So selling is merely a successful exit strategy because someone else has seen the value in what you've created and they're willing to give you, in essence, a windfall, right, for you to be able to exit it with money <laughs> that then you can then do other things. So can you sort of talk a little bit about your process of, you know, growing this wildly successful business and then successfully exiting it uh, in order to pursue the rest of your life and being able to do it in the 20, in your twenties, that's really impressive, super impressive. Thank you. Yes. And you know, I was in my twenties and I was kind of bright eyed and bushy tailed and like, oh, I'm just going to do the thing. And, uh, <laughs> And, you know, so started this concierge company and, and it, for, at first it was just me running around doing stuff. And then I realized one day I lost an earring. I just realized my earring. I lost my earring. Uh-oh. Oh. Okay, girl. You still fly. 
Thank you are fly with one earring, with two earrings, with no <laughs> earrings. Girl, please. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you. Uh, but, you know, I was running around doing everything myself. And it was one day that client called me and said, hey, can you get me reservations for French Laundry, um, this restaurant in, in uh, Sonoma County um, tonight? You know, and this is a, a restaurant that Michelin star restaurant that you, you takes months and months and months to kind of get on the wait list to get onto the wow. <laughs> calendar. And I was like, yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. First of all, pause, hold the pause button. You know what I love about that? Because listen, that's how entrepreneurs think, okay? That is how we think. We're like, yes, and then we're like, okay, now let's figure this shit out. Okay, yes. so I love it. I love it. Okay, continue. I yes. I was just like, yeah, okay, I'll do it. And and then, but honestly, I had no idea what French Laundry was. <laughs> I was just like, oh, you just want some reservations to some restaurant. No big deal. Why couldn't you just call? The okay, whatever. Okay. And I call and they're like, well, actually, and I'm like, okay, so this is a, this is a deal. So, and I, you know, I managed, I made it happen. I made it happen within 12 hours. Wow. And, and I was like, Kenya, you, you've got something going here. And and so I made it a point. I was like, my goal wasn't to sell, but it, yeah. I, my goal was just to be, to grow and to be right. successful. And I did. And I never forgot that. I always, that's like the biggest memory for me for that company, because it was like the moment I realized that, Hey, you could do anything like this was the seemingly impossible was possible because you simply said, yeah, I can do this. Yeah. And, it, and, and then it just, it, it grew. And then I started getting inquiries and I thought they were all fake. You know, this is back when the internet was very young, <laughs> <laughs> very young. And, and this concierge company down in Los Angeles, you know, reached out and say, Hey, we're interested in learning more about your, your business because we may, might want to, you know, buy you. <laughs> and I was like, buy me, you know, <laughs> What's that like, mean? wait a minute. <laughs> Uh, I don't think that's legal anymore. I know. I'm like, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> and then started speaking with their people and seeing like how big they truly were. Like I was a very small fish. I was big, but in mm -hmm. the Bay Area, but I was a very small fish in the grand scheme of things. And I thought, is this something I want to do for the rest of my life? You know, I'm like, mm. I'm in a good place where it is currently bringing me joy. But if I grew any larger than this, Probably not. And so I mm. thought, you know, what is it that I want to truly do with my life? And so I ended up going to grad school right after this. Um, and, and yeah, and I said, okay, let's talk. And we talked and I handed over the keys and I had a little chunk of money and I went to school and I did some things and, and it was one of the best experiences I could have had because mm -hmm. I think in general, that doesn't happen. Right. Nowadays, you know, who comes, what large companies come to smaller companies and say, hey, I want to buy you. No, unless you have, you know, 50 million Instagram followers and you're <laughs> this is before Instagram exists, all that existed, you know, yeah. and, and, and so it just opened a whole new world for me and gave me this sense of like, wow, Kenya, you can do anything, anything. Mm. And there's nothing that can hold you back other than yourself. So that happened and I just kept kept going and, and I've had a number of businesses um, since that time um, some that worked and some did that didn't work and mm -hmm. and it's a learning experience and yeah. but at, 
But all in all, it's all been joyous. Everything I've ever done and put my time and energy into and I've put into the world and where I've served my community has been because I genuinely loved it. And when it was time to go and let go of it, I let it go. And it wasn't this fear or guilt about, oh my gosh, I failed. I'm like, there's no failure. That was an experience that you needed to have because I'm so much better for it. And, you know, I, yeah, I wouldn't change anything. Oh my goodness. I love that. That is so powerful. The strength that you're exactly right in terms of, to me, the biggest uh, sort of gem, once again, to, to, to take out of everything that you said was, you know, the confidence that it gave you. And to me, this idea that, you know, when you realize that failure is an illusion, the freedom that it gives you makes anything possible. I absolutely love that. Well, I want to thank you so much, Kenya, for spending this time with us today. Thank you for having me. This has been wonderful. Absolutely. <laughs> can you tell our listeners how they can find out more about you and connect with you? Of course. Uh, so a couple of things. Well, you can <laughs> you can visit me on my website. It's just my name, KenyaMoses.com. And that's where you'll find everything about my life and business strategy um, coaching. And then I also run a marketing company called Conscious Mark. So you can visit me there at ConsciousMark.co. C-O. Love it. Thank you so much, Kenya. And listen, I have a takeaway for all of our listeners here today. I have a challenge for you. I would like for you to tag me at Dr. Avis Mentoring on Instagram and let me know what brings you joy and how you can make sure what you are doing is connected to that thing that breathes life into you. And if you want to learn how you can be able to design your own program that can allow you to make that shift from one-on-one -on -one coaching to group coaching and actually scale your coaching business to the tune of $100,000 or more a month, then you need to join me at Black Millionaire Coach Live. Right now, you can grab your seats at blackmillionairecoachlive.com. I look forward to seeing you there. And I look forward to seeing you next time on Seven Figure System. Thank you for listening to the Seven Figure Sister podcast. I hope you're leaving with a boatload of brand new nuggets that you're excited about implementing in your business right now. Why? Because nothing happens until you take action. Now, I'd love to hear your biggest takeaway from today's episode. So be sure to post the show on your Instagram stories and tag me at Dr. Avis Mentoring. Also, if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And while you're at it, feel free to leave a review so others can get a sense of what it's like to join this game-changing sisterhood. Finally, if you'd like to learn more about working with me or want the resources from today's episode, visit us at dravismentoring.com. I'll catch you next time on the Seven Figure Sister podcast.